go. Here we are. Here we are Episode again. 19. You're way better at keeping track of that than I am. It's only because I have to name them on Spotify. Okay. <laughs> Every That's time the only I- reason. Every time you talk about like what episode number it is, it's a surprise for me. Yeah, nineteen. I the only thing that comes into my head is that Tegan and Sarah song. I was but, just uh, thinking that. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing it. No. Yeah. Great song though. My God. It is a good song. Um, welcome to Rowan and Pine. Hello. Welcome back to our regular listeners. Hello if you're new here. Uh, we are our folklore and mythology, or as Emily just said before we started talking, folklore and shit podcast, um, <laughs> because we go on tangents when we're talking about things. <laughs> yes. You get a lot of stuff with this podcast. You're signing up for folklore, but then you get extra weird weirdness. Yeah. You get personal details that we uh, mostly edit out, and <laughs> <laughs> you get uh, pop culture references, you get rants about animal welfare you get rants about men yeah i was gonna say you get us ranting about our um husbands not liking lamps on <laughs> that's true in fairness like there could be a lot worse you know if that's if that's the worst that they do right just ruin the whole aesthetic of the room and yeah. our lives forever <laughs> ruin the cozy mood and turn off all the lamps <laughs> yeah so um we hope you all enjoyed our love magic episode we've been trying to record a few in advance for emily's uh upcoming maternity pause maternity leave <laughs> <laughs> it's going well sort of yeah <laughs> we keep having these great plans to do things and then realizing that like oh shit i don't have time oh shit i don't have time right and the time difference really does uh affect things <laughs> yeah it's currently five to six in the evening here um, yeah i just did a week's work and what time is it there? It's 11.55 in the morning. Yeah, see, I don't know how you can get in the mood to talk shit that early in the day. <laughs> I have no other choice. <laughs> I, I need to, unless I start staying up until 2 a.m. Right. Um, I was thinking, I was like, we could, you know, we could do it later, my time, but yeah. that's the middle of the night, your time. I could try doing like a witching hour one. You could just get me drunk and I'll I'll come on. I mean, it wouldn't be coherent. It would probably be entertaining, though. Yeah, it probably would. There would be a lot more feminist rants. More, more complaining about men. <laughs> yeah, I tend to get political. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, no. Because <laughs> that's what everybody wants to hear. Yeah. A privileged woman ranting. <laughs> I signed up for Bigfoot and this is what I got. Yeah, she keeps making me feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you should. <laughs> yes, so today's episode is one that I have been, I was going to say threatening, um... I probably shouldn't say threatening, teasing <laughs> for a while. <laughs> promising? Promising, promising, yes. That's a better that's a better use of the word. Uh, today I'm going to talk about changelings. So if you remember, I made a very poorly edited episode a few, a few months back about fairies and the fae and the fae realm, which probably went into way too much detail. Um, <laughs> but something that I kept back from there was all about changelings and mythology around them and i'm not talking about the angelina jolie movie called changeling which was about like a true crime case where they tried to pretend that they found her son who had been kidnapped and it wasn't him just getting that out of the way and we're not talking about small children who need their diapers changed a lot oh yeah i don't know why i like do people call them that no (laughs) but for some reason hearing the word changeling makes me think of a small human who needs their diaper changed (laughs) oh my god i'm reading like a well, I'm actually not reading it anymore. Like I kind of gave up on it. I was like, I need a break from this. It's this fantasy series and there are vampire children in it and they call them sucklings. And I cannot express how much I hate that. No. I hate that's... that so much. Does anybody like it? <laughs> I don't know. And they keep calling them that. I was like, oh my God, just call it like, call it anything else. Jesus. Baby vampires, yeah. maybe. Oh, I don't know. That, that is... is really weird. Yeah. I don't like that. It's so strange. And it's like... Was that the reason you stopped reading? Yeah, one of the reasons I was like, I feel like they like <laughs> vampires a lot more than I do. And I'm like, you're trying to make it like a like a cutesy thing and I'm just not into it. We'll do a vampire yeah. episode someday. Um, but we need to store up all of our What We Do in the Shadows references for that. So It's also so heavily covered by so many people that it's just kind of like... Yes. You could find so many other podcasts who talk about vampires Exactly. And not not that you should be listening to any other podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, 
like the fact that we're doing like a folklore podcast, I am very aware that there are there's at least one other like folklore, like lore folklore podcast. Yeah. Which is incredible. And I don't wanna like try and copy anything that they do because we're just gonna pale in comparison. Um, Although he copied us. He did copy us. Um our Love Potions episodes came out on the same day as Aaron Mankey posted his uh, love magic episode and I'm absolutely flabbergasted I'm appalled I'm going to sue him for plagiarism <laughs> he clearly knew what we were going to do because it was so original he probably did it way better I haven't listened but I haven't listened because I don't want to because I don't want to be like wow yeah <laughs> my episode sucks <laughs> <laughs> which uh, brings me back to the subject of this episode now there is an amazing episode of lore called Black Stockings which deals with the changeling myth and it deals with the murder of Bridget Cleary. And I'm not really going to go into that in this episode because I could not do it in any way as well as it is done in that like masterpiece of a podcast. So uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to mention things like Bridget Cleary and we'll mention Bridget Cleary. But um, yeah, it's it's not going to be that specifically. So right up top, I'm doing a trigger warning on this episode for anybody listening who might be sensitive to topics like pregnancy loss, stillbirth, ableism, especially to do with people on the autism spectrum. Just uh, proceed with caution. This episode isn't for you. If you're not feeling it, that's fine. We'll see you next week or go listen to last week's episode again. It was really good. The changeling myth is the belief that a child may be kidnapped by a supernatural being and a sickly, evil or precocious substitute was left in its place. Now, this was prevalent in times mainly prior to the 20th century when both maternal and infant deaths were common. And once children actually arrived, they usually had to deal with a whole host of diseases. And um, funnily enough, it was... It all got better once vaccines were invented. I don't know. I don't make the rules. Surprise. <laughs> Isn't that Science funny? Science works sometimes. Isn't that weird that they invented vaccines and kids started living be- beyond five? <laughs> That's so strange. wonder what happened. And antibiotics. And antibiotics, yes. Shout out to antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, penicillin. Thank you, Mr. Fleming. Isn't it Fleming? think so yeah i just remember that because like phlegm that was always the way it was taught like yeah phlegm makes you sick but he also discovered penicillin so that's disgusting easy to remember (laughs) but disgusting yes (laughs) the changeling myth is mainly celtic and germanic but it also shows up in nordic folklore uh so specifically found in britain and ireland germany the baltic states Iceland and the Faroe Islands, uh, regions of France and also Russia. There are interestingly also examples in Africa, China, Japan and as far away as Australia. I'm sorry, I'm mainly going to focus on Ireland uh, because we have a lot of it. (laughs) Also, shocker. (laughs) (laughs) So shocking. I have some American stuff in here too, though, just for you. Ooh. But I kind of think it's from Irish immigrants, so I don't know if it really Because I'm an American. (laughs) She's from Merca. Changeling children. Babies and children, they're not always children, but usually the majority of the myths do deal with babies and children. So, so it is they're... because of their diapers. Oh, because they're little, ch- you change them? <laughs> <laughs> that took me Sorry. a second. <laughs> so changelings are categorized by an inability to grow in size. So it's usually a low birth weight and then they find it hard to get bigger. Sometimes they grow a beard. Sometimes they are born with teeth or when their teeth come in, their teeth are longer than infant teeth usually would be. Interesting. Which is horrifying. Like a beard with teeth. Like why? (laughs) On a baby. Oh, this is my my cute little baby. It's like, don't put your hand in the cot. He will bite you. He needs a shave. Uh, Interestingly, changelings also have a high level of intelligence or insight. In some Irish accounts, the changeling is often witty, mentally precocious, and has the capacity for unnatural insight Evidenced by its ability to reveal the identity of, for example, an unknown murderer, or sometimes they can prophesize death, or else they'll like have knowledge about something that like a child of their age should not have. One of the examples was knowing about blacksmithing and being able to make recommendations. <laughs> 
There's a story of them like cri- critiquing somebody's shovel that they made. Wow. Yeah. So it's like a little fucking smart ass telling you that your your yeah. blacksmithing skills are subpar. That would be so annoying. It would be. I'd be like this little du- get out of dude here. with a beard just telling me I'm shit at my job. Yeah. <laughs> that only happens now in customer service. <laughs> there also are reports of unusual behavior when the child is left alone or think that they aren't being observed, such as jumping around, dancing, or playing an instrument. That sounds like average child behavior. Yeah, but although depending on the age, <laughs> if it's like a two-year-old playing like a violin. Right, like if they're busting out the violin and playing, <laughs> I don't even know who a famous violinist is. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm assuming because it's like, oh, they're all evil and stuff, it would be all like um, Devil Went Down to Georgia kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just like square dancing just yeah. give it socks but they didn't say they're playing the instrument well did they that's true because i've seen some kids let loose on drums and it's just not not fun for anybody or a guitar yeah or a piano <laughs> i think the piano is one of the worst oh god yeah <laughs> especially when you see babies that like when they figure out that they li- when they lie down across the keys it makes sound in those accounts the observant was usually a tailor as in like a clothes tailor um because in the times that we're talking about, tailors were usually traveling craftsmen and were able to visit and get insight inside different homes. So they would see lots of uh, changelings, which is a weird, like, Interesting. side qualification. <laughs> it's like, I can spot a changeling. <laughs> I can also alter your jacket. <laughs> right. So odd. It's also important to note that in most cases, changelings arrive in homes that are not entirely happy to begin with. So they usually arrive in the homes of widows or widowers, single mothers or others involved in some form of strife. There's conflict in the home. Usually that's when a changeling will make themselves known. Just attacking women. Oh, yes. Yeah, because a single mom, like you're obviously susceptible to having an evil child from the Fey realm. Yeah. (laughs) Children who are not baptized or who are not named are at greater risk um, because changelings are often referred to as it. I was going to say, how often are children not named? Yeah. I'm guessing like in Catholic Ireland when you had about 15 of them and you kind of ran out of names. <laughs> like, eh, this is John Joseph. Stories often involve the child being left alone even for a short time. That's another way of sort of blaming the parent for this happening because it's like, oh, you must have taken your eyes off the child um, for this to happen. It's like you're supposed to sit there staring at it like for eternity. Right. For some reason. The wildest things happen when you turn away for literally two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of has this weird, like, symbiosis with Christianity and, like, as we kind of alluded to, the shaming to do with, like, single moms and um, unmarried parents, all that stuff that the church absolutely hates. Um, the story of the changeling is pre-Christian, but most of the sources that we have are from the late Middle Ages. For example, in Iceland, there was a belief that monstrous births, their word, not mine. I don't think that's the correct term. <laughs> monstrous births. Yeah. What does that even mean? I think it's like a, with a, a very prominent defect. Oh. Yeah. Like uh, there's a theory that they mean like children born with a cleft palate, which is okay. fucking gross. Like gr- not the cleft palate. It is gross that they're calling them monsters. <laughs> I thought that they were saying monstrous birth. Like it was like a big birth. I'm like, what? <laughs> No, no, Jesus. Uh, like, how how does one have that? It's like, what more things can we, like, insult pregnant woman with? It's like, you're you're over 35? You're geriatric. Right. You're huge. It's a monster. Right. <laughs> There's a guy at, like, our um, hardware store place that we go to, and he's security there. And the last couple times that I've been there, I'm, like, pretty obviously pregnant at this point. And, like, I'll walk out. And he'll be like, make sure you, like, eat healthy. I'm like, thank you for telling me how to be a pregnant person. Oh, God. Is that like, do you remember the CDC tried to tell people that you should tell women you should treat yourself as pre-pregnant so you shouldn't drink alcohol? Like, ever? Yeah, that was like a thing. Like, it was like something that they were, like, floating the idea of doing and everybody was like, what the fuck? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, you just consider yourself as pre-pregnant of your if you're of childbearing age. Uh no, sir. If um no. if I'm going nine months and not allowed to drink, I'm going to be able to drink <laughs> when I'm not pregnant. <laughs> My friend 
said like the greatest irony she got she got pregnant um younger than she would have liked and she said the greatest irony is that all she wanted to do was go out and get shit-faced drunk and it was the one (laughs) thing she could not do yeah my sister-in-law she um i think about halfway through her pregnancy she started really craving beer and she's not even a beer drinker oh gosh but she just really wanted beer Mm mm-hmm and I was like, it is so weird what happens because, yeah, I'm not really a, well, we've talked about this. I'm yeah. not really a drinker, but mm-hmm. like all of a sudden I'm like, man, I really want a cocktail. Like that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I think with beer as well, like I like beer and it's something that I've sort of trained myself to like because Ewan has like an interest in beer. So like, you know, if he was trying something, I would try something. And now like there are some that I really, really, really like. But yeah. I have a theory that like beer and I think some cocktails as well, it's it's not even the taste. It's like the texture and the experience yeah. that you want. Like a strawberry right. daiquiri is amazing. It would not matter if there was no alcohol in it. Just like slushy strawberry stuff. Like for sure. Unreal. Yeah. Or like a, um, like the drinks that are served in a hurricane, like a sex on the beach, like stuff like that. I'm like, I don't even care if there's alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. I just like how it tastes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm so glad that there are like more mocktails and non-alcoholic stuff on the market now. Yeah, for sure. It's weird. It's like I was talking to David the other day about um, wanting a Guinness and I'm not even a Guinness drinker, but I think all I really wanted was the creamy head from a Guinness. Like I just wanted (laughs) to be able to put my mouth on it. Like that's just a texture thing. Like halfway through a pint of Guinness, I'm usually like, "Eh." (laughs) enough. Yeah. It's a lot. This is a full ass meal. Like Jesus. That's wild that people drink multiple of those. Oh, I don't know. And there's like people that like you and will drink like multiple of them like over the course of a day at a wedding. And I'm like, how are you not in bed? I would be asleep. Yeah. I've never had one, but just like from being a server and like seeing it get poured and stuff like that. I'm just like, this is a thick beer. Mm-hmm. You can't see through it like Jesus. Uh, there was an Icelandic belief that monstrous births and infant mortality were down to the misdeeds of parents or a failure to baptize in time. Maybe the... Irish parent tradition of giving your kid whiskey when it's teething. It's probably not the best idea. Um, maybe yeah. that's how you get a changeling. That'll definitely grow a beard on a baby. Definitely. Put hair in his chest. Yeah. And probably long teeth when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's what it was, like giving the <laughs> kid whiskey. Maybe that's why they were getting really long teeth. Um, sadly, if this happened in Iceland, the directions to rectify the monstrous birth or the changeling happening were to leave the child at the local church to die of exposure. That's terrible. Isn't that horrific? Ugh. And you think that there's like, there are certain like people who can justify that by their beliefs? Like, it's so crazy. And believe me, I know it's not like all Christians would not be like that, but it's just so nuts. Yeah. That like there was a, there was, was a time where that was like a direction given right. <laughs> to people. I like, couldn't even do that to a, an animal. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not. I feel bad smush- squishing a spider. <laughs> Centipedes, though, those are a different story. Kill them. Because <laughs> I'm so useless when there's a bug around because I can't kill them because I feel too bad, but I'm also too scared to pick them up and put them somewhere. So I usually just live in fear until somebody else comes along. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just keep one eye on it at all times. Oh, no. Um, When uh, Martin Luther came around... Uh, the change in legend was integrated into his Christian belief and he referred to them as counterfeit children and he said that they were left behind by the devil. That's cute. Other versions of the myth implicated witches, fairies, elves, incubi, succubi, trolls, water spirits, dwarves or demons. So it's just really a catch-all, isn't it? Yeah, it <laughs> seems like it. This is our, we should have a little klaxon for them Malleus Maleficarum because uh, it's coming up two weeks in a row now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the original 1486 edition uh, written by Heinrich Kramer advocated the extermination of witches that had a profound effect on witch hunting and the torture and murder of women and one of the ways of spotting a witch was if she had a changeling child so basically just a child with a birth defect you had this you know really difficult thing happen to you and the child that you love but also we're going to kill you for being a witch that's so disgusting so what were the theories or reasons that people came up with why changelings existed? What, like, why would the fairies want to do this? The first theory is that when fairies neared the end of their life and they began to wither and die, uh, they could regain their youth if they were cared for by mortals and fed human food. So it's like a retirement plan. 
<laughs> Is this like Fairy Florida? Oh my gosh. <laughs> fairy Florida. Just this little like long bearded, long tooth kid showing up in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> he looks like he's three, but he's 60. Stinking of some sort of topical ointment. Oh my goodness. Complaining about rain in the air because he can feel it in his hip. <laughs> Hey, that's serious. I could feel the weather change by my sinuses. <laughs> oh, no. I have an old knee injury, and when it's particularly damp, it gets really achy, so I shouldn't even complain. Yeah, so shut up. <laughs> oh, I'm 34, man. Like, shouldn't be experiencing this. <laughs> Every day, we edge closer to death. Fairies also abduct human children to raise as one of their own, to then treat them as breeding stock. This was done in order to keep their bloodlines alive without inbreeding. So it's just fairies being, like, genetically sensible? <laughs> In Scotland, the belief was that fairies once struck a deal with the devil, granting them some advantage that only evil could provide. Ooh. And in exchange, they must sacrifice a living child to him every seven years. And it was believed that rather than sacrifice one of their own, they took a human child to offer in their child's place. This is a wild story. <laughs> <laughs> the babies just don't come out well in this at all. <laughs> Another reason uh, it was believed that they kidnapped human children is because fairy children are wild, temperamental, and awful to raise. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> in contrast, human children tend to be more gentle and easier to care for, and therefore fairies wanted to switcheroo. <laughs> But that's also debatable. <laughs> it's like, mm, I've met a few difficult human children, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I've met some in my day as well, especially being a nanny. Yeah, I bet. Jesus. Okay, so I have some examples uh, of where changelings have shown up in uh, retellings, in stories, in first-hand accounts that people reckon that they have. Um, so we're going to go to Ireland first, of course. In 1939, an informant of the Irish Folklore Commission, a county councillor in Limerick, described how he went into a house where, quote, one child in the cradle looked very strange to me. He sat up in the cradle and he said to the children that was about the house to go bring down his father's razor until he shaved the grey hair off that fellow, meaning the worker. <laughs> I ran for the door. <laughs> I met the mother going in towards the house with a tin can of milk and I told her what had happened. Oh, he's been here for seven years, she said, and he never spoke a word before. Wow. I said, don't keep, her, don't keep him no longer, ma'am. Put down a fire and tell him you'll put him into it and your child might come back to you. <laughs> so they just casually had this baby for seven years. Wow. Threatening to shave people. That is very strange. This story has like one of my favorite like insults. <laughs> I was just laughing reading this earlier. There was a woman around here long ago and she had twins, a son and a daughter. They were three or four years of age and they'd not grown any bigger or got any more hair than the day that they were born. So just like just bald, bald babies. Just forever babies. Though they were being suckled at the mother's breast all the while. They were thrown in the cradle and they were cranky and cross. The mother was almost dead from them. They were so troublesome. Nothing satisfied them. She was tending them all the while and they were not making any progress or growing but staying just as they always had been. Both were thrown in the cradle, one at each end, when the mother would go out and they would talk to each other. People were surmising that they were fairies. Eventually a tailor, that's how we see a tailor coming up, <laughs> a tailor was working in the house and a woman of the house wished to go out some distance from the house for a basket of turf. What's turf? When she was, I was going to say, do you guys have turf? So in Ireland, we have bog land. These like marshy areas of land that's, because it's so damp, the ground has almost fermented. Back in the old times, and people still do it now, although there's this whole debate, they're trying to protect the bog lands because it's a, there's loads of um, species there that don't live anywhere else in the world. Yeah. So if you own bog land, you can go up and you can cut turf, cut literally the land out of it uh, into little like cylinders and you can dry it out. And when it dries out, it makes really good fuel for fire. Oh. So um, is it similar to moss? Yeah. So it'd be like peat, uh, okay. like a peat bog. So dried out peat. Okay. Yeah, so they're done in like tractors do them now, but like 
I in my lifetime I've still seen people doing them like doing it by hand with like a specially shaped shovel and uh, the smell of turf smoke is like one of the most amazing things it's like the best smelling incense it just smells so good and it just reminds me of my childhood like yeah. it's like you go into like a little old cottage and they always have like turf burning on the fire and it's just like the best like most comforting scent now I want to smell it I'll see if I can get you because I know you can get like tiny little things of turf yeah um and i'll see if i can get you some to send over it's also where bog bodies come from so it's like our version of mummies uh they found like bodies that are thousands of years old almost perfectly preserved oh my goodness um, like you, their clothes are still on them and everything because it's so damp no oxygen gets into yeah the body and whatever way like maybe the normal bacteria that would cause decomposition doesn't thrive there so yeah in our like museums in Dublin, there are some really cool like bog bodies on display. Wow, that's They're crazy. Looking. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of just look like jerky people, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for educating me on all of that. When the mother was gone for a while, the son said to the daughter that she should get up and fetch down his bagpipes so that he could play a tune that would gladden her heart. The tailor was listening to them and observing them, and he was a little afraid. Fucking right, he was. Two babies having a chat about bagpipes. <laughs> the daughter answered the son, shut your toothless mouth. <laughs> shut your toothless mouth. I don't know why that made me laugh so much. What an insult. Yeah. <laughs> After a while, he said to her, rise up, sister, and give me down my pipes and I'll play you a tune that will gladden your heart. <laughs> shut your toothless mouth, said the sister. <laughs> The tailor was listening and was frightened, but only a little. He surmised that they were so small and feeble that they would not be able to do him much harm. For a third time, the son asked the daughter to get up and fetch down his pipe so that he could play a tune to which she could dance and gladden her heart. It would be very good for her to hear a tune and dance for a little while. Shut your toothless mouth, <laughs> said the sister. <laughs> she needs to quit being so rude. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was afraid that the tailor would report because the son said to her, said back to her, the tailor is not frightened, said the son looking at him, but he would prefer to be outside. He got up himself then, went up, got his bagpipes and played a tune the like of which the tailor had never before heard. The sister danced in a way that the tailor had never seen before by any man or any woman. <laughs> Look outside, sister, said the son, and see what sort of day it is. A soft, gentle day with a south wind, a drop from it and raining. Ha ha, said the son. Anyone who planted seed today would reap gold. Shortly afterwards, they heard the mother approaching the house and they began to shout and scream and cry as if they were being cooked and burned in a fire. She came down and gave them her breast. She laid them in a cradle again and they fell asleep. <laughs> what horrible children. <laughs> When they were asleep, the tailor told the woman of all their talk and behaviour while she was out. They are two fairies, he said. Bring them with you now, tie them up in cloth and throw them into the river. Wow. <laughs> Drastic. She tied them up with, with cloth, pretending to bring them on a visit to her uncle's house. There was a bridge on the river she was to cross. When she was in the middle of it, she threw them and the cloth into the river. You had to, said the son. We would never have left you without tearing out your heart. <laughs> Fucking escalate quickly. <laughs> Seriously. They caught hold of their large toes and put them in their mouths. They did not go beneath the water, but went away downstream with the current until they were out of her sight. She was better off without them. When her husband came in and heard what had happened, he went out and planted seeds. They grew into crooked, ugly shoots and it was like that for six or seven years. One day, he eventually went scraping at it with a loy to clear it away and what was there but bars of gold. Wow. That story has everything. It has. <laughs> Creepy kids. Playing music, breastfeeding. A new insult. Shut your toothless mouth. Shut your toothless mouth. <laughs> yeah, so that's a pretty good example of like everything. You have the tailor seeing it and telling the mother about it. That weird like insight that they knew just by the weather that uh, gold would come. Fundamental misunderstanding of how gold works there. But um, anyway, <laughs> I have another shorter one. This was recorded in 1937. Uh, but they're talking about something that happened 34 years ago. What? Sorry. 34 years before. 19 so okay. I would say. <laughs> I <nine> got it. <laughs> 1903, okay. I'm assuming. Ish. <laughs> Quick maths. There was a dance being held in a house called McGrain's, which is situated in a backward place at the end of a long lane called Port Clare Lane, about a mile from the village of Kilnalek. I love how they say this, like everybody knows where these places are. <laughs> 
You don't? <laughs> no. Oh. At about seven o'clock, the majority of the neighbours had collected into the house and after a gossip, the fun commenced and the dancers got out to dance. Miss McGrain, a member of the McGrain family, stepped out to dance with her partner, but she'd not danced only a few steps when she fell stiff dead upon the floor. <laughs> so this has some doppelganger action in this. Um, the whole houseful was struck with awe at the awful thing that had happened as the girl had been in the best of health the previous day. Some of the neighbours who were on their way to the dance met the girl, who was thought to be dead, walking in the direction of the graveyard. She did not seem to be ill or anything, but yet looked pale and fatigued. She did not speak to the passers-by. The neighbours who met her were very disappointed because they thought the dance was not going on or that she wouldn't be at it, as it was her house that it was supposed to be in. However, they proceeded to the dance house and when they went in there, they saw Miss McGrain lying stiff dead on the floor. This cannot be, said one of them. We're after meeting her going into the direction of the graveyard. Two of the best men in the crowd were sent for the priest who was in the house in less than an hour. You know, this first thing you do, you send for a priest, not a doctor or anything like... Um, of course not. <laughs> no. He immediately found out what had happened. The fairies had kidnapped her and left in her stead an old image of her. He said that if the neighbours, when they met her, had caught hold of her and pulled her from her invisible captors, she would have been freed. But, like, they didn't know she was dead at that point, so... Yeah. It's a moot point, Mr. <laughs> Priest. Mr. Priest. So as I had promised earlier, there is an American story of a changeling because I didn't want to go into um, Bridget Cleary. The very quick TLDR of Bridget Cleary is that she seemed to have fallen into some sort of depression. She possibly had um, maybe like a personality disorder. Okay. And her husband became convinced that she was a changeling. This was a grown woman. She was seen as like, another another thing to note was she was very confident. She was very attractive. And there are lots of themes in her story about control and all of that. And he basically just did not like the way she was living her life. And there was a very concerted effort by the men in her village of torturing her urinating on her I believe my goodness uh, doing all these awful things to try and get her to admit that she was a changeling um eventually she passed away from all the things that was happening to her wow and she never once admitted that she was a changeling because she fucking wasn't because she was a human being who was suffering my god yeah I hate all of those stories about I know like women having like a mental crisis and like who there was some guy who was like she's just upset because she's not cooking enough <laughs> like what <laughs> gross <sighs> but yeah that was his defense when he was um interviewed by the police that like she was a changeling terrible yeah disgusting okay on to the americans yes because Americans were not immune to this. And were uh, the center of. of the universe. In March 1863, a New York City coroner held an inquest on the death of a three-year-old child living on 83rd Street between 11th and 12th Avenues. As reported in the New York Times, Mary Nell, the child's mother, had been told by a previous tenant that there were fairies in the house where she lived. And that growing up in Ireland, she had learned that this was a sign that a child in the household had been exchanged for a fairy child. So you just bring your bullshit across the water. <laughs> the prescribed test for a suspected changeling was to heat the blade of a shovel until it was red hot and have the child sit on it. Ow. I know. This is why I did a trigger warning. This is not fun. <laughs> no, it's so sad. If a fairy child had been substituted for the true child, it would fly away. And if it wasn't, mm. it's like the witch trial. It's trials. like the witch trial <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, you prove your innocence, but also you probably die. Yeah. If you drown, you're a real human being. Yeah. How and, nice for you. And you're also dead. <laughs> Miss Nell performed this test on her child, the gender wasn't specified, without her husband's knowledge. And the resulting burns were so severe that the child died a week later. Mr. Nell testified that for some time past, he had occasionally thought that his wife was insane. She acted so strangely. The coroner decided to hold the mother in custody until the question of her insanity could be determined. 
So, like, potentially postpartum or something that never got addressed. Yeah, <sighs> probably. That's that's another thing that's, like, it can be quite prevalent when you're reading these stories because I think, like, a lot of women, like you said, postpartum, it could be postpartum depression, postpartum mania. Anxiety. They are fully convinced that the child that they have is not theirs. Yeah. And, you know, that, that feels real to them and, you know... Your hormones are acting crazy. It's the biggest life change possible. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's just really, really sad. Yeah. So we take it out on women and their children. Yikes. You might like to know, though, that there were some preventative measures uh, for avoiding having your baby stolen by a changeling. Perfect. <laughs> One thing you can do is lay the father's clothing across the cradle. You also never let the fire go out. That just sounds like keeping a baby warm. <laughs> third one isn't as pleasant sprinkle urine around the cot no that's definitely something the public health nurse would bring up with you on your home visits like smells a bit uh pungent in here yeah for those of us in the u.s it's urine (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) in case you were wondering should i be saying urine no (laughs) i'm just translating for you (laughs) sure thank you you're welcome. You're my translator. You can also put something made of iron or brass in the cot, like a pair of tongs, a knife, or some scissors. Okay. But the greatest protection is baptism. So you should baptize the child oh, as early as possible. Interesting. Mm. Funny that, isn't it? Wonder who made these stories up. <laughs> yeah. In Slavic legends, in order to prevent the demon from exchanging her child, the mother must observe certain rules of conduct during pregnancy and in the 40 days following the childbirth. Certain measures of magical protection are also undertaken, such as placing sharp iron objects near the nursing woman, as we said before, and also because fairies are repelled by iron. You should probably place iron around me. (laughs) (laughs) You can also place brooms around her i feel like that's just making her feel bad for not keeping up with the housework (laughs) yeah here here's a broom in case you see a little dust pile you'd like to take (laughs) care of (laughs) you should also leave the candles burning all night and you can burn frankincense in the mother's presence you can also sprinkle her with holy water pregnant women i've met i can't imagine that would go down well Imagine somebody just coming up to you and sprinkling you. Yeah, no thank you. Get the fuck away from me. That was like one one time. I think we've talked about it on here. I didn't grow up Catholic, so I didn't grow up with Mm -hmm. all the... I mean, in every church, there's sort of like the performance aspect of it, where Mm -hmm. it's like very ritualistic and whatever. But um, I think the Catholic church is... uh, gets an A plus in that. Yeah, we like our showmanship. Yeah, for sure. I felt really bad because they were going around and they were doing the thing where they like flick like the holy water. Mm -hmm. So I went to husband or I went to church with my husband and this was probably one of the first times I had gone with and um his whole family goes. So like we met them there. And (laughs) so they're like flicking holy water and it happened to hit me directly in the eye. No. And so like when it hit me I jolted I was like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, no, everybody's probably like, she's a demon. Get her out. <laughs> or else you just look like you caught the Holy Ghost. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's been overcome. Yeah. <laughs> they do that like at funerals. And for some reason, like I always get nailed, always get <laughs> holy water on me. I'm like five rows back. How are they getting me when they're getting the coffin? That's My God. so funny. Nobody yeah. is spared. I like to think, I think some priests like just like having really a really strong aim, you know? They get like a little satisfaction people. about getting people in the face or something. Yeah, probably. I could see that. They're like, wow, this job is a little boring. <laughs> Got him. I hate that guy in the third row. Stings up the confession booth. He just looks like he really needs a wash. <laughs> Anyway, sorry for being terrible and blasphemous and all the above. (laughs) So the Slavs also believed that the birth of a child was itself a gift from the other world and that the mother must take great care of her gift and be grateful for it. And then the changeling was her punishment for if she was not doing that properly. Uh Uh-oh. So mom blaming all the time. Always. So if you think you have a changeling... (laughs) How you can get it to show itself. Here we go. In Baltic legends, in any of the legends, you could do certain things which were so strange that the changeling child would exclaim, I am now whatever age and I have never seen the like of that before. 
or they would like give context to what age they are. Like I have seen the burning of Rome and the burning of London and I have never seen anything like that. That was usually the thing that they would come out with. Oh, so wait, what? <laughs> you had to do like a certain amount of weird things to get it to break character essentially. Oh, and say, okay. Oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. So some of the things you could do in Baltic Legends, uh, you could boil eggshells. Apparently that was so strange that it would cause a fairy to reveal itself. <laughs> you could also do other things like in other legends, milking a cow into a tobacco pipe. What? You could churn butter in a tinderbox. You could brew beer in a walnut shell. Okay. Or you could cook other random things like shoes, leather, wood, an entire piglet, Aww. a cat or a frog. No. Yeah, we love those creatures on this podcast. So that's really, really sad. Yeah. Um, also there were running themes just like the story from New York I talked about of fire and heat and you know coaxing out the changeling through the use of heat essentially torture uh, <laughs> like with Bridget, Bridget Cleary's story um, uh, this is from Lady Augusta Gregory's visions and beliefs in the west of Ireland one of Lady Gregory's informants was married to a policeman who arrested a woman who had laid her daughter on hot coals since she was away with the fairies Oh my goodness. Lovely. Another thing you could do is you could tell them that their fairy dwelling or their fairy fort was on fire. <laughs> it yeah. kind of sounds like a tongue twister too. Your fairy fort's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the story to go with this was there was a man who had a child who had never walked a step even though he was several years of age. The father went to the forge to have a spade made. I tell where this is going. With our blacksmithing. Yeah. All spades were made in the forge at that time. He got it made and when he brought it home, he left it standing at the fireplace. The boyo, that's just like kind of like a, it's kind of like Donegal slang for like a cheeky young lad, a boyo. <laughs> can, and can um, you also translate cheeky young lad? No. <laughs> <laughs> the boyo dragged himself down to look at the spade and he noticed a crack in it. He told his father that there was a crack in the spade that he just made. That's fucking rhyming. Um... <laughs> The father said that was not possible, but when he looked at it the next morning in the light, there was a crack. And then he said he wouldn't use it, but would go back to the forge right away. When he showed it to the smith, the smith asked whether he, it was he himself who had noticed it, noticed the crack in the spade. He said that it was his child who had never walked a step. The smith said that only a good smith could have noticed that in a spade. Be careful that it is your own child that you have, he said to him. He told him that when they go home that night to run in and say that the fairy fort was on fire. That's the tongue twister again. <laughs> he went home then. When he was inside a while, he went outside and then came running in again and said the fort was ablaze. The boyo jumped out of the cradle and said, Jesus Christ, my wife and child, my bellows and forge and everything there burned. With that, he went out the door and he never came back again. I love how they all, all sound like absolute caricatures. Yeah, seriously. Like, they all sound like the Lucky Charms leprechaun. Like when you're reading these. Oh, big gotta. Oh, bitches. <laughs> They're after me, lucky charm. <laughs> uh, some other methods of getting rid of the changeling. So beating them. Um, exposure, as we mentioned in our Icelandic custo customs. Casting them into rivers. Um, and the theory was that the fae would come and rescue the changeling. Uh, if they were put in that sort of danger, especially if they were blasted with iron nails or forced to spend the day on a hillside on a manure mound. Just a lovely thing to do to your kid. Go sit on that poop pile over there. <laughs> I, I just want to see something. Go, go lie down over there. <laughs> yeah, let me see something real quick. When the family does get rid of the imposter child, it usually goes up the chimney. The child goes up the chimney? Yeah. Questions. <laughs> to Reclaimed by the fairy mother. I'm so like, it's like reverse Santa. I'm like, does it get sucked up the chimney or does it like scurry up the chimney? <laughs> oh, I don't know. What's what's more horrifying? I think I think scurrying up the chimney is a bit more horrifying. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm imagining it ru running around on all fours and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like got a beard. <laughs> For some reason, I'm imagining in like Aladdin when Jafar dressed up as the old man. Oh, yeah. I'm just imagining that because he's like dancing around and stuff. Yeah, he's kind of creepy with his like yeah. two teeth and like, yeah. The beard and the hump on his back. Yeah. If you have a hump on your back, we're not judging you. It's just. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> the way Disney's that, fault. The way that cartoon was drawn was creepy. And also it's like that whole like theme of giving like villains like scars and uh, deformities and all of that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, back in the in the 80s and 90s, especially. Like Quasimodo, like 
We don't like these people. They are shunned from the world. But he's got a beautiful voice. And a beautiful heart and a beautiful soul. In some cases, the only outcome of the test to see if it was a changeling is just the disappearance. So up the chimney or away back to its mum. In other cases, happier times, uh, the original child returns either immediately or after some time has passed. In some cases, the banishment fails and the family makes a positive adjustment to the changeling. <laughs> this is our baby who has a full beard. Yeah. And never gets any bigger. He'll be this size for life. Isn't it cute? Look at our tiny old man. Like the teacup dogs. <laughs> They'll stay this way forever. Some people said that like micro pigs would stay like piglet sized. And then there's people with like full pot bellied pigs in New York. I never like, heard Whoa. about that. <laughs> but yikes I think like micro pigs they are smaller than like fully grown pigs but they are not the tiny like little ones that you see online all the time yeah they're not a piglet <laughs> a literal piglet yeah <laughs> so we have sort of alluded to this and covered this um, there were now in hindsight lots of medical explanations to explain changeling behavior from mental health difficulties and developmental disorders and different things so probably the most common one was they call a condition failure to thrive. I've never heard of being like a condition. I thought it was just a description. I've of like heard of it. A, yeah, like a baby who is not achieving weight gain. Yeah. Um, or its milestones. Now we know that it's due to factors like cow's milk intolerance, celiac disease or an inflammatory bowel disease. Yeah. A lot of the times when they were describing deformities, it sounds like what was actual actually cleft palate or other minor birth defects, which are correctable now. And of course, the great elephant in the room is uh, modern authors have suggested that in the pre-scientific eras, children born with autism and other de developmental disorders were probably considered changelings. Yeah. Due to the lack of understanding around neurodivergence and the difference in reaching milestones or maybe the child was nonverbal. You hear a lot about the child never spoke a word or things like that. Right. So it's just like really sad that there was a time then parents and society, that was the way they dealt with learning these things or observing these things in children was that that couldn't possibly be my child. Uh, right. because my child would never have this X thing wrong with them. Yeah. Or my child would be able to speak or my child could do X, Y, Z. But thankfully, things have progressed. Medicine has identified a lot of these things. A lot of them are treatable, like cleft palates. A lot of them realize that they're not actually defects. Uh, like autism, it's just a divergence, a neurodivergence. Yeah. So it's nice that like since they estimate the late 19th century, uh, science had begun to provide non-supernatural explanations for children who didn't thrive or otherwise did not meet the normal expectations for a healthy infant. And belief in changelings has thankfully faded. <laughs> we, we don't believe in changelings anymore. We no longer have to have a myth mythology to explain why our child is acting in a quote unquote like abnormal way. We don't have an excuse to be completely ableist and horrible and make up these things. Yeah. And then there's also like there's so many layers to this. There's also the context of like unmarried women and widows and widowers. And, you know, it happened to a family that isn't like your typical like good Christian family or good contributor to society or, or something like that. It's yeah. just another way of othering people and punishing people, which right. is sad as hell. Yeah, it's very sad if you, when people don't understand something, so they're like, kill it with fire. <laughs> like, they just... Literally. Yeah. But at least now, there are treatments there for the things that are treatable, and we have a better understanding of these things, and... We have therapy. We have therapy, and we have science, and we are actually living in a pretty good timeline, even though it doesn't feel like that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like we do often, you ever read those lists of like reasons why women were committed to asylums and you're like, yeah, I definitely would be in there. Oh, for sure. I was listening to um, the Sylvia Plath biography on audiobook and it's just bonkers how they treated women who were just like not pretty and perfect and whatever. Mm -hmm. 
Like, she had to go through, like, electroshock therapy multiple times and, like, all this different stuff. And it's just, like, it didn't have to happen. And how easy it was to believe that women or basically anybody who wasn't, like, a rich man right. was crazy or uh, a danger to themselves or a danger to other people. Like, there was that, like, investigative journalist who got herself committed. Oh, yeah. She acted crazy, and then as soon as she got inside the asylum, she started acting fine, and they kept, like, prescribing more things to her, and it took, like, her male editor to come and get her out. Yeah, because she was, wasn't she telling people, like, no, I'm a journalist, and they were like, haha, real funny. Yeah. It's such a head fuck. Give you some more of like whatever they were giving her. Sorry about the bummer of that episode. <laughs> but we hope that like you at least learned a new insult to tell people to shut their toothless mouth. Yeah. Especially use it like when there's like an old like maybe it's like an old boomer that's uh being really, really yeah. horrible. Just tell them to shut their toothless shut mouth. Your toothless mouth. They start talking about <laughs> keep critical race theory out of schools. <laughs> shut your toothless mouth. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they should introduce that in Congress. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, if you want to send us an email, you can compliment us. You can correct us. You can give us ideas for the show if you have certain topics that you would like covered. Our email is rowanandpinepod at gmail.com. The and is spelled out. You can also find us on Instagram at just rowanandpine. I try to post or... Neve or whoever's posting <laughs> tries to post. I'm trying to still go with the joke that nobody knows who's running the Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our social media manager posts. Yeah. <laughs> we have we have money. We can hire people to do these things for us. Oh, yeah, because we're rich yeah. ladies. But yeah, you can find us on Instagram. I do drawings and stuff like that. We do fun things. Oh, yeah. And um, we're also on... YouTube, Facebook, just search for Rowan and Pine Podcast. Uh, tell your friends. Tag us in things. Tag us in memes. Yeah. We love memes. Yeah. Um, Anything you say that you're just like, that's that fits their vibe. For sure. Rate yeah. and review us. We really appreciate that because it helps a lot on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever else you can find us. <laughs> yeah. And stop letting mediocre men get more listeners than us because all they do is get together and talk shit. For sure. We talk shit on, we research things and tell right. them to. So. And if you have any critiques for us, please let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Do we talk too much? Do we talk too Do different? we have too many tangents? <laughs> I have a feeling the answer is yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. But do you enjoy the tangents? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. Right. Is there such a thing as too many? Anywho, my name's Emily. And my name is Neve. Fuck yeah, folklore. Fuck yeah, folklore. This was Rowan and Pine. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks. Bye. Goodbye. Shut your toothless mouth. <laughs>